I think that a lot of the guys that we were we were hoping would show up showed up. You know, like one of the questions last year, do, do we have a receiver that can play? And I thought that Justin McKay just had a very excellent excellent day. Is is his heaps accurate? Well, it's pretty obvious that he's accurate. Jermaine Mundine with a couple of touchdowns. Tony being used as a running back and a wide receiver. You know, on on defense, both the linebackers, both the linebackers with a with a blue team, both uh, Heaney and Love were all over the place. I thought both defensive fronts, both defensive fronts showed up and showed up in the game. You know, I mean, we got a little banged up early in the secondary because when Cassius went down early, early with a precautionary you know pull, it caused us to do some tweaking on both teams in the secondary. So that caused a little bit right there. And also, I thought Michael. You know, playing with the, the the second tier wide receivers, I thought he was respectable as well. I thought Brandon ran hard, but he turned the ball, laid the ball on the ground twice. That's not what we're looking for, you know. So overall, there were a lot of lot of positives on the day. Okay, you mentioned first off Justin McKay, and I know that he and Jake Heaps worked together a lot this past year while they were uh, basically having to sit out and be on the practice squad. They're the two, uh, the media chose them as the two MVPs on the offensive side. Is, is that what you've been seeing all along from those two? Yeah, I think that they're, you know, remember now, Justin, you know, Justin's really been out of playing for a couple of years, you know, because he really is last year at Oklahoma didn't play hard, hardly at all, and then he didn't play here last year. So it was good to see him, you know, we're way past a rust stage, and now, you know, there's some, you know, some communication between the two of them. That's a good one, like the fade route in the end zone. Okay, and I know that on the offensive line, you've got a lot of uh, positions up for battle, and you kind of messed or mixed the two sides in terms of run and pass. But what did you think overall of the way your offensive lines looked? Well, I think that I got what what I thought I was going to get. The only problem we had, well, the main problem we had was the white team quarterback center exchanges. We had, and there were two or three of them right there that you know they had. You can't have unforced errors. One thing is when you get beat on a play, but you can't have unforced error. And we, and we didn't have any on the blue team, but we had three of them on the white team. But overall, you know, I know the blue team ran the ball pretty, you know, pretty efficiently for uh, for a good portion of the day. But I once once again, I think there's some still a lot of competition for a couple of spots. You had said coming into this game that, that you'd like to expand the way you use Tony Pearson as both a, a pass catcher and a running back. Did you like what you saw in, in that regard today? Yeah, Tony had a good day, with the exception of the first play when we went through a swing pass to him out of the backfield to get the ball in his hands. I mean, Tony was that, that was about that was about all his negatives wrapped up in one because the rest of the day, you could see that every time he touches the ball in space, it's 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 a problem. And on the uh, the linebacker front, as you said, Ben Heaney was uh, named by the media as the defensive player of the game, and it seemed like Jake Love was in on a lot of tackles as well. Yeah, I would have, you know, I would have thought Heaney would have been picked too, but I, you know, I was pleased with uh, how how athletic both those guys looked at linebacker. They showed up, you know, showed up a lot of plays. There are a lot of plays to the perimeter, and uh, you know, very seldom were the linebackers outflanked. Final question for you, Coach. This is uh, basically this is wraps up spring practice. So uh, tell us what's next for the kids as they get ready for their summer workout and conditioning and all that. 
Well, tomorrow they'll you know, they'll get treatment at one o'clock. You know, a lot of them have families in going out going out for dinner with their families tonight. They'll get treatment at one o'clock. Then at, at, on Monday, what they have to do is the entire team has to come see the trainers and the doctors to get checked to make sure we don't have any surprises in, on the injury front going forward. And then they'll get together and watch the watch the spring game. You know, our coaching staff will analyze our, our spring game do post-spring write-ups on each player on Monday and Tuesday. Then on Wednesday and Thursday, the coaches will have individual meetings with every one of the position players to tell them how they did in the spring and what we see going forward. Coach, thanks so much for the time. All right, take care. Coach, you said the other day you put some pretty lofty numbers up for what you wanted to see from Jake. Uh, did he meet those? Well, what was 20 for 28? Um couple throwaways, you know, only a couple bad passes, you know, a couple of sacks. Um, I would I would like to see a couple two of the three sacks been avoided. You know, two of those three sacks were looked to one side of the field, no one's there, look to the other side of the field. You know, and sometimes, you know, depending on the that clock in your head, you don't have time to do that. You know, that's you know, you can't try to do too much. But I mean you saw what what we see. Strong arm, accurate, knows how to read coverages. I mean, you had to be encouraged when you when you watch him play because I, I certainly am just about every time he goes out there. How comforting was it after not having a touchdown pass to a wide receiver to see two of those today, one to Justin, one to Jordan I think that um, Justin has a little bit of an advantage because he's been hanging out with Jake for quite some time now. And I keep on, you don't, you, you can't underestimate chemistry. You know, they were on a show team together all last year, okay? And you t sit there and talk about them, but sometimes you don't understand what, exactly what I'm getting at. You could see even on Fade Bowl at the end. I mean, they, you know, they've been, it obviously is not the first time they've done that. They, you know, they've done it a bunch of times. And I think that one of the reasons why Jake had a big day is because Justin had a big day and vice versa. You know, one of the reasons Justin had a big day is because, you know, Jake knows where to throw. It knows where he's going to be. I think that, that that's, that's, that's a good sign. Is McKay as good or better a blocker than he is as a receiver? He's as physical as I've seen it, you know, at the receiver position and blocking, and he enjoys doing it. You know, most receivers don't enjoy doing it. They do it because they're asked to, not because, you know, not because they want to. Okay, but he actually enjoys the physicality uh, of the game. You know, he's not one of those guys that considers it a burden when you ask him to block run force. What about the performance of your offensive line? As you mentioned, there's a few sacks and bad exchanges to the quarterback. Uh, the, the only thing that I'm you – know, look at – I'm sure it will be things on, on, on a tape where there's a runaway, a runaway run-through guy, which I didn't see too often now. Okay, the three quarterback center exchanges with the white team is probably the one thing that stuck out in my mind. Now, I don't know exactly what happened on them, okay, but the three quarterback center exchanges was probably the biggest negative that I took away from that game. But remember, I broke up the chemistry of what they normally did in, uh, on purpose so I could try to cre have a more competitive game, which despite the score of the game, I thought it was much more I thought the game was much more competitive than what we went through last year at this time. Yeah, Hackett 
Tony, if Tony gets an excessive celebration penalty, I'm going to celebrate myself. Because with his personality, just to get him to celebrate would be something. But in reality, we wanted, to, we wanted the white team to start on the 45-yard line. We wanted a little insight behind that. Okay, we didn't want to st let the, the team that the, the team that was had a little bit less talent have to start in the 30. So we were trying to give them an equalizer. So you'll uh, I could have just put it on the 30, but you notice it was immediately marched right out to the 45 yard line. How do you balance your excitement for good things that happen in a game like this when it's going against your own team? Um, I think that I think you you turn them loose. You turn them loose for quite some time. It's easier to 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 put the you know to tighten it down after they've learned to play with passion. What's a lot tougher is to take a team that doesn't play with passion and then get them to play with passion. So I'd rather get I'd rather work backwards than work forwards. You know I think that one of the things that happened too often is that we're playing in games last year and we're waiting for something bad to happen instead of making something good happen. And I think the teams will play with passion don't play that way. You know, and I think that it's easier to tone down a celebration. And, you know, once in a while, you know, if you get a celebration penalty because it was, uh, some, some phenomenal play just happened and the team was just celebrating, okay, I, I'll live with that. I just don't want them to do something dumb that would be harmful to the team, especially the potential outcome of the game, by being selfish, by calling them out to be more important than everyone else. Coach, some of the players talked about changing the culture of football at Kansas. When you look at this spring game as opposed to last year, you know, buying into what you're doing and changing that culture, uh, how do you kind of feel about this team now as far as their attitude with that? Well, they all know me, and they know our staff by now, and they, they know what to expect. Uh, and they know that, uh, you know, we have better players, you know, we have, we have you know, better talent, we have better competition. We're, hopefully we're coaching better. Because part of the problem when you're when you don't do too well as the coaching isn't so hot either, you know you'd like to think that we're you know a little bit better in all facets, uh, but at the end of the, at the end of the day it's it's still going to come down to when we add on the, the guys that are coming in June, okay how close knit and the camaraderie they could have because I felt that the team was fractionalized when I got here, I thought there was a bunch of little groups. Okay, instead of instead of one, you know, one one base, and I think they're moving closer to this. And when you get there, you know, the coaches really can back away some, because when you get there, then the older players take over instead of the coaches taking over. Because when you're on the field, you're not there. The play, a team never gets any good until the players can take over that situation instead of the coaches. Coaches would like to think that they're, answer, they're the answer when it comes to camaraderie, but they're not. Okay, all you could do is create the environment, and then they have to buy into it. And it looks like that's the direction we're heading. Jason, did linebacker group be a real competitive one overall? I think that the linebacker group has already been competitive, and you know we got you know we got another three or four linebackers coming in now. That you know that. Two junior college kids and two high school kids that, you know, you add into that mix, all of a sudden those numbers, you know, those numbers look totally different when, when you get to that point. Now, I've been pleased with how the competition was, but it's been relatively thin. There haven't been like three or four guys at each position like you normally would be. 
Now, when you get to spring, I mean, when you get to summer, it's going to be three or four guys at every position. The competition's even going to get greater. Jake seemed to kind of show a little bit of everything. I mean, he threw a deep ball, he got it out quick a few times, a lot. Um, the touch pass. Was that by design, or is that just kind of the way the game unfolded and he's got all those throws? Well, he does have all those throws, but I didn't call. I didn't call the plays. You'd have to talk to Ron right. for that team. You know, I right. mean, uh, I just told him I wanted to get the playmakers involved. I said so. I want to see the receivers involved. I want to see Tony touch the ball. I want to see Jamey get some throws, okay, and make sure Sims got uh, at least ten rushes. And that's uh, that's all I said. So I don't. How many rushes did uh, Sims have? That would be more than ten. Yeah. Okay, I said, make sure you got more than 10. I just wanted to make sure that everyone that we consider, you know, needed to get involved, get involved, you know. Which one, if you don't mind, which one of Jake's throws or, or series of throws impressed you the most? You didn't call them, so you're the, up there the watching. Deep, the deep ball to McKay right before, right before halftime. You know, actually the touch pass to, to Jamey in the, in the red zone was the best pass. Okay, you know, that was the, because that was close coverage in a tight window right on the money. Okay, so that was the best pass. But the one that excited me the most is, you know, knowing, you know, knowing Justin's speed, Justin doesn't run a 4-3. Four, four, so you have to put a ball in a position where he can make it. Now, obviously, one of the things we watched all last year, we never made an adjustment on, on a deep ball. You know, and now all of a sudden you have a guy that goes up and plucks it. You know, he's got... I call pluckability. And I mean, seriously, that's what Justin has. He has pluckability. So instead of being a 6'2", 6'3", guy that plays like he's 5'11", when they go up after the ball, you know, now you got you got a better chance. So is that Ford kid? Pardon me? He had, a couple, he had a couple of nice plays, and that's been good for him because all last year his biggest problem was catching a football. And in, in the spring his biggest problem was Catching the football. It's not about whether or not he can run routes. He, and he looks pretty in a uniform, too. Because he's a big physical guy, he, 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 a big physical guy, and that's why he's so dynamic on special teams. But the wide receiver position, you've got to be able to catch it. It doesn't do any good if you go out there and then we hit you in the chest. You know, and him making a couple of big plays right there right before halftime. I think that was good for him. I think it was good for the white team. I think it was good for Michael Cummins. Really whoa, whoa, there's no doubt he's more confident because he has a better understanding of what we're doing. But you know, J Josh, just like I said, what I was going to do, we game planned with the white team to put him in a position to do the things that he does the best. And then he stepped up and made some throws. And to be honest with you, I think that throw on the sideline in the first drive, I think he's in bounds. You know, I would have challenged. I would have challenged that one. I, I I thought he was in bounds. So now they're you know the first drive they get, they're down in the red zone. Instead of coming up with no points, they're coming up with something out of that first drive. I thought that was an excellent throw uh, over there on the right sideline. I don't know who that was. Who that was to? I don't. Who was it to? Omiji. Omiji. I'm seeing, but I thought. You know, even that throw. So I thought he made a bunch of good throws. Look at the kid, what'd he go? Eight for 13, somewhere in that, in that neighborhood in the game? Okay, but, you know, th that was one of his incompletions.
I mean, all of a sudden he's nine for thirteen, completing sixty-seven percent of his passes. You know, you know we're we're moving it. We're moving in the right direction. How did you handle your vantage point? Not it was wonderful. It was wonderful. You know, it was. Oh, I'm telling you what I. You know, I, this this head coaching stuff is for the birds. I mean, I want to be like you guys. Just sit up in the press box, watch everything that's happening. You know, you don't understand when you're a veteran coach. And you know what you're looking what you're looking at. I mean, you can call what's going to happen before the ball snapped. Now you don't know when you make the play call, but when you go to a line of scrimmage, there'd be oh, okay. This is a touchdown to Jamay. I mean, like the one down the middle. I said, oh, this is a wide open touchdown to Jamay. And then we snapped the ball, and it's a wide open touchdown to Jamay. I mean, because you could see what's going to happen before it happens. You know, so you, you know that's that's the advantage of being upstairs. You can actually, the game for the for a veteran coach is in slow motion when you're upstairs. When you're on the field, it's a fast paced, go 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 go. When we see in a million years a head coach actually decide. You, want you know, to there was a head when I got wiped out. You know, a few years ago, that that minor hit that I took on the sideline. You know, don't you don't have to laugh too hard. Okay, um, I had a guy write me a letter saying. He's been a head coach for a bunch of years. He's called every game from the head, from the box. He's never coached a game from the sideline. He call, makes every play call from the box. And you want to know, I'm still getting killed by my previous school because the one game that I did go in the box as the head coach was one of the best games we ever played. So they're basically calling you uh, lacking of intelligence. Let's just use that as a nice phrase for it, you know, for, for not considering that. But I think you can't be the head coach. You could be the offensive coordinator. You just can't be the head coach. You, know, you can't be the head coach from the box. You can't run a team from the box. You can run the offense from the box, but you can't run the team. Can you run the offense better from the box? Than you can call the offense better from the box. You can't, you know, you got to run the team from the field, but you can call. It's easier to call from the box. So no, dis no distractions. You're there and just, you know, you're just sitting there watching and saying, okay, Okay, they're going nickel right here. Oh, their their right corner's hurt. Go after them. I mean, you see everything. I mean, so you're, you're uh, no, you're going to try to create a controversy, Tom. Yeah. The wife should be in the box. <laughs> no, kids. <laughs> Go ahead, ask your question. Okay. Your offensive coordinator part of your job. Would you do a better job? If, are you at a disadvantage because you're not in the box and the other team's offensive? No, what I do is I groom somebody to be the offensive coordinator so I can just hang out on the sideline with, with everybody else. That's how I do it, you know, so that's what I'm doing. We'll see how that works out. It's going to take a couple of years. I'm a little biased. I kind of like this number nine a little bit, so I think I might keep doing what I'm doing here for a little while, okay? What did you think of Ja'Cory Shepard today? Uh, you know, he got beat on the touchdown and the play before that, but he also had a fumble recovery and the pick late. I think that uh, Jukori's is a defensive player now. Last year he was an offensive player playing defense. You know he's now he's now a defensive player, and I think that moving him last year, look at you know people wanted him to be redshirted. We needed him to play. We had nobody. I mean he went over there and one day after he was there he was our third corner. Okay, so you would love to have been able to just develop him and sit him for a year and get him ready to play. But the flip side of that, the experience you get of going through that stuff makes you better, makes you a better player the next year. I think that's the best thing for Decorey now. He's not a wide receiver playing corner. 
is a corner playing corner, which gives him a much better chance to be competitive. Earlier in the spring, you said you wanted to see the defense uh, swarm the ball more. How did you feel like they did that today? Well, I didn't see – you notice in almost every perimeter run, you know, okay, the blue team got the edge a couple of times, okay, but most of the perimeter runs, you know, for both teams, okay, were, were shut down. And that only way that happens is when people are running to, when people are running to the football. Well, I think that uh, I think that Justin, see, Justin needs to understand who he is, as far as knowing what his strengths and weaknesses are, and just play to his strengths and minimize his weaknesses. And I think that he's just starting to learn that. He's just starting to learn what you know what he's really good at and what he's not so good at. And I think that you know that makes you. But once you realize the things you have to minimize and the things you have to play to. You know, then once that starts to click, you know, usually you usually have a chance of making a drastic improvement. He's got a long way to go now. They look pretty good out there today, but he's still got a long way to go. What about Chris Martin? He seemed to come on the field with a lot of energy and enthusiasm. That will never change. He is wired for sound. He'd be one of those guys, you know, that if you put a microphone on him, now, you might have to bleep out every other word that he says, okay, but if you put a microphone on him, okay, and just listen to him during a game, you would laugh and, and you, you would just really enjoy the experience because the kid doesn't play the game without playing it with passion. And you want to know something? Even though, even though he's a little bit wild, Okay, and I have my own nicknames for him, and I'm not going to give them because some I would be politically incorrect somewhere if I gave one of them. So I'm just going to save them. Okay, but the bottom line is he's ours, and our team feeds off of him. I think if you asked our defense who they feed off of, every uh, almost every guy would say they feed off of Chris Martin's energy. You know, that would be like a universal answer that you, that you would get, and. I think that that's a good thing. What about his play today on the field? I mean, did you notice anything about it? I don't have to worry about, you know, I don't have to worry about how hard he plays. I don't have to worry about where he's going to be. I mean, he's going to present a problem for teams running the read option because to, to be able to play both the back and, and the quarterback, there's only a handful of guys that can do it, and he's one of them. You know, so, you know, f fortunately for the white team, very few of their plays were designed – to let him rush off the edge. They were specifically diagrammed to try to not get him free on the edge. Well, I'm not dumb. I'm trying to give the white team a chance to compete. So that's how we game plan for the white team. We game plan for the white team to not turn Chris Martin free. Yeah, he was he was in the backfield at least once. I know I know they gave him a sack on on one of those plays right there. He's gonna he knows this too, so I'm saying he's got to get in shape. You know, now his weight's down, but that doesn't mean he's in shape. So you drop weight, that's that's a good thing. But now there's a big difference between junior college shape, okay, and Big Twelve football shape. And he knows that's the biggest part of his off season, okay, is improving his stamina. Now, he's not alone, but that is his biggest problem because, you know, in this league, they, they rapid-fire those plays now. 
I mean, you're, you're at the line of scrimmage. Boom, the next play is being called. Boom, the next play is being called. Boom, the next play is being called. Well, we can't put oxygen on the field after two plays. You know, you, you, have, to, you have to be able to hang in there. So that's what he's got to work on right now. Oh, I don't know. He carried the ball a few times to carried the ball a few times today. Yeah, well, see now the one thing as I said to somebody the other day, what you've seen is a lineup in the backfield and two back sets, lineup in the backfield and one back set, lineup out of the backfield and motion into the backfield to run a speed sweep, okay, and lineup as a wide receiver. Now we still haven't lined them up in the backfield and motion out of the backfield. Uh, we have, but you know you haven't seen it. So the one thing, because he can play both positions now, because he's been trained the entire offseason, the, the question now comes, you're a defensive coordinator. What is number three when he goes on the field? Okay, is he a back or is he a wide receiver? Because when you put him out there, let's say you put him out there with a tight end and three wide receivers. Does that mean they're going to be an empty and that they have four wide receivers and a tight end, which is called 0-1 people? Or is that 11 people with him as the halfback? That's the decision they have to make. When him and James are out there together now, okay, they have to decide, are we going to treat this as 21 people or are we going to treat this as 11 people? And 21, you know, is, is treated totally different than 11. I mean, so that's, that's you know, that's the fun part as a, uh, somebody who gets a chance to scheme with a guy like that is you have a lot of versatility in, in your design, okay, but the, still the bottom line is you, when you come into a game, you have to see how they're, how they're identifying him. And once you see how they identify him, then you quickly have to go ahead and try to take advantage of, of what they're treating him as. I know that's a very involved answer, but that's, that's, uh, that, that's, that's definitely the theory. Was that among the challenges for your defense when you played in Morgantown last year? No, that was to try to keep it under 100. <laughs> that was the challenge. And we, we, we achieved that goal. <laughs> you mentioned caches with the precautionary injuries. Monday come home too. Overall, pretty happy with the injury free day. Or yeah, I mean, like, there's, like for example, I, I, there were a couple other guys that played hardly at all today, you know, because there were some tweaks out there. I mean, realistically, the only one that's really coming off anything of significance at this stage is Tyree just had that foot done that's supposed to be uh, that's supposed to be ready by you know in, in six in six weeks. So everyone else is. Towards the end of the rehabilitation, or they have tweaks. So they have a tweaked hammy or something like that. So at least as of right now, going in, you know, when when we get ready to go, unless you know something happens in the off season, which things happen sometimes, you know, we should come. We should be in a pretty healthy situation. Talk a little bit about your kicking game and when you saw that. Um, I think that. I think that Trevor took took way too much time because he knew there wasn't any rush. And I think that when, and that got him out of a putt and rhythm. I think that, you know, because when you know there's no rush, 
and the coaches are saying, well, take as much time as you need, okay, now all of a sudden it gets you out of your normal rhythm as a, as a punter. But I think that uh, um, I've been pleased the whole spring that, that of the improvement of our, of our specialists and we still have, you know, we still have a couple guys. We got a long snapper coming in, and we have a field goal kicker coming in. And I think that last year we got held hostage a little bit by our specialists, not only our special teams, but our specialists. And I think that I think we got a pretty good plan to have that fixed. Anyone back there? Okay, so I got one question for you. Is it the Royals or Bon Jovi for all of you tonight? I just want to know which one, which one you're doing right there. Well, that's a dumb question. That is really a dumb question. Well, no. well, I think I, I think I might be able to, be able to make a 7:30 tip off. You know, um, he, my wife accuses me of singing every one of them, <laughs> you, know, you know, so I, I happen to be a big fan, a really, he's a, he's a good friend, a fine, you know, a good guy, a family guy, you know, you see these rock and rollers a lot of times that everyone perceives as running the streets and everything like that, he's just a good guy, you know, and we've been friends for a long time and I really enjoy Listen to him sing. No, no. There'll be some pl people with me, but there won't be any players. Uh, my wife's in town, so that uh, we're all our family's going. So that'd be yeah, that'd be a pretty good thing. 